0: The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself. And our symbolic relationship with nature.
1: Dear friends and sacred souls, welcome to the eighth episode of the Sacred Dynamics Podcast. Thanks for connecting. We are so grateful for all the messages and comments we have been receiving. Thank you, dear sacred souls. Please continue interacting and sharing this powerful work. We absolutely love it. Now, in our last episode, we went deep, a mind-bending conversation for sure. We were challenged, the traditional concept of reality and the world outside, winding through some very profound topics, such as distraction, deception, conspiracy, truth, and saving the world. But which one? Mmm. Boom. Boom. An episode full of interesting curves and powerful golden nuggets. In today's episode, we will explore the profound topic of Vedic astrology. We will touch on the difference between Vedic and Western astrology and deeper and and many deeper meanings. How one may utilize this wisdom for healing and awakening, and of course, much more. By the end of this episode, We'll highlight the nuggets in order for you, our listeners, to collect and take away great value. Very, very excited for this episode, my friends. Jay, ah. <laughs> Jay, doesn't it seems very evident that many people are becoming more aware and interested in in the relevances of energy and frequencies today? We can probably attribute this uh, partly. To the connectivity and access of information maybe also to people searching for a higher relevance to their experiences and existence
2: yes indeed my brother yes actually you know what for the conditions to provide this level of connectivity we need not look any further than our own inner conditions and how fitting that we are connecting on this topic today You know, in reference to the sky clock, it is intriguing and a very mystical art, this art of astrology, you know, reading and learning from celestial energies, uh, movements, stories and patterns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah,
1: indeed. I am actually personally becoming more fascinated each day on topics such as sound, frequencies energetics, and astrology. It is with great honor and a privilege to have today's special guest in the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Our special guest today is definitely very qualified and deeply connected to the patterns and movements of the cosmos. Before we introduce today's guest, I would like to pass the mic to the always relevant and connected
2: Jay Smith why thank you thank you brother (laughs) yes pass the mic. he says look i'm so grateful to be here i'm so grateful for this beautiful sacred souls this audience i'm grateful to be here and now and you know sharing this profound and deeply interesting topic of vedic astrology i mean it's super fascinating i mean you know this science has been around for Many thousands of years. I mean, let's say upwards of 10,000 years.
1: Woo! Sounds like a new fad, my friend. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) right.
2: (laughs) It sure does, Ro. It sure does. We're going to have our special guest obviously expand on this with us, of course, but i just would like to reference to the term vedic as we reference it consistently you'll hear me reference that and have heard me reference this in many different ways and so i just want to reference on this because you know vedic which originates from the word veda or veda is you know it means knowledge or insight and this refers to the true knowledge by which all other knowledge is known Uh, You know, the wisdom of knowing our nature and our place in this dance in life. And thus, when you hear the term Veda, now you know, of course, we're talking about this deep knowledge and insight. And so you hear terms like Vedanta, which is, or Yoga Vedanta or Advaita Vedanta. Vedanta, this refers to the end of knowledge. What would be the end of knowledge? Poof, the wake up. So that's what it means, man. Wow. And cue the jhana. And cue the (laughs) self-knowledge, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The ancient seers composed these sets. This is kind of cool because these now famous hymns, or what I like to call the spiritual curriculum that's called the Vedas. And so we're dipping into this. And, you know, this is the expression of various subjects. So when we talk about the spiritual curriculum we are referring to you know philosophy yoga meditation healing and as we're about to climb into in this episode astrology vedic astrology you know this body of wisdom was intended to support human beings in their search for peace harmony and ultimately for the great work the self-realization boom and there it is less
1: than five minutes in and we have already Hit the self-realization
2: button. (laughs) 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 Always so so profound. Yes, always, brother. We're on point, man. Vedic astrology, this is one of the limbs of the Vedas, and uh, we're going to touch on this because it is known to be the eyes of the Veda, and we'll hit on that in a moment because it's just so cool and profound. So, let's hear what our guest has to say about that, huh? Oof, already off to a fascinating start oh one more comment and 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 it's time one more comment one last thing i just would like to say for our beautiful listeners that i just want to mention to think of this art as a universal mind map or a gps okay pass the mic (laughs) wow yes very intriguing
1: and uh well you know without further ado it is with great honor and privilege to have today's special guest in the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Julia Tulsi-Bagnoli emanates the legacy of Vedic wisdom as a second-generation jyotishi, meaning Vedic astrologer, and teacher of meditation. She holds a BA and MA in Vedic science with a specialized emphasis on Sanskrit chanting and yogic philosophy. Nurtured in the traditions of yoga and meditation since birth, Tulsi has graced both the United States and India with her teachings for over 18 years. Her vocation, fueled by an innate passion, is to illuminate the path for leaders, creatives and visionaries through the harmonious tapestry of Jyotisha, Ayurveda, breathwork and yoga. She guides individuals in the art of rewriting their narratives, elevating them to the pinnacle of their potential. One may find her amazing work on www.chayacollective.com and in Instagram, chaya.collective. Of course, we will add these links into the show notes. Julia, welcome, and again, thanks for being
2: here with us today. Welcome, welcome.
0: It is an absolute honor to be here. And whenever I awaken this subject within myself, within the collective, I like to begin with a mantra, a Sanskrit mantra, which is that nama rupa. They say Sanskrit is name and form. And we don't need to know the meaning of the Sanskrit mantra to. Feel the vibration. Speaking of vibration, that's illuminating us. So, I'll begin with just a, a few mantras to envelop us in that space and to to really honor the lineage from where this uh, wisdom comes from. Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. Om Aim Saraswateye Namaha. Om bhagavatya kritham swamne kinchit avasishate iryam yas sasmata sasmata tvanno insetha parmapara astamai astave vishvam dhoshathiyamani tas tad evid vedam daridam batam he smat veda savadham
2: Oh, Om.
1: Om. beautiful. Such yeah, a beauty, awesome. such a beauty. Thanks for being here, Julia. We have right in front of us an amazing conversation and many, many things to talk about for our listeners to get practical value and a bit more knowledge about your wisdom in the Vedic astrology.
2: Wow. Here we go. Yes, indeed. Where do we start? So
1: let's see. Uh, We had a pre-call last week, and it was so amazing that it actually could have been the podcast itself. It wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why don't you start by giving us a little more background on yourself and how you got into this fascinating art, Julia?
0: (laughs) Sometimes I like to say that this art found me. I was born in an atmosphere of mantra, meditation, and spiritual lifestyle. My parents were both teachers of transcendental meditation. My father, a Vedic astrologer, and I really think my second memory, I was probably definitely under four, was just being in complete awe of watching my father prepare astrology charts by hand and he would mesmerize me with the constellations he would show me the constellations share the stories and just envelop me with the mythologies related to the vedas vedic astrology the devatas or the the embodiments of the grahas or planets and i just remember it was it was my favorite subject the stars the mythology and i couldn't get away from it and this practice was never something that I intended to pass on or share even publicly. It was it was really brought out of me in, in university. People would ask me, hey, you must know astrology because your dad does that. And I remember thinking, wow, I, I don't think I, I know anything about that. You know, I, I'm not your girl. And then I'd sit down and be like, okay, well, I'll share a little bit. And I'd end up talking for an hour. And I probably spent a decade learning why my intuition said that, because the chart would just speak to me, the planet would talk to me and I didn't know why. So I spent maybe a decade understanding that. I came into so many mentors that would really guide me gently and untangle my my intellect and my ego and awaken me to this truth. And then I spent maybe another decade weaving and integrating that wisdom back into my intuition weaving it into my own truth my own experience and and making it my own
2: beautiful wow amazing wow you got us already <laughs> absolutely wow no no doubt that it is definitely very meaningful and has as you say has woven through your experience um I I think that one of the coolest parts about what we're going to get into today is really how uh, I think that there is this very interesting uh, kind of a a way that people, I think, in a general sense, see astrology. And I think that in the Western side, in the Western world we're, you know, we're kind of exposed to very little and kind of in an intellectual way and kind of in a horoscopy way, I'll say. <laughs> and, and so I think it'll be interesting to to kind of peel back some of this because there's so much feeling here. There's so much meaning behind it. And so one of the questions, um, you know, that I wanted to ask was if you would share basically just uh, a little bit about Vedic astrology and how it affects us for our listeners just uh, just a little bit about because i think that um, you know there's so much more of a of a story and a feeling that comes through this so if you if you would do that
0: hmm. well jyotish or jyoti is light isha the embodiment of light and what is light but that piercing the veil of past present and future And so it's called the all-knowing quality of the Vedas, the eyes, which sees everything. But the purpose is not to see everything. The purpose is to see what's relevant so we can awaken from our dream. We can't wake up from the dream unless we know we're in a dream. Mm. We can't break out of a prison unless we know we're in a prison. And then we can gently untangle that through grace, through wisdom. And so I like to think of Jyotish or Vedic astrology as a treasure map that's really guiding us back to ourself that is a blueprint. And this blueprint is initiated at the moment we take our first breath and it's revealing our karmas, past, present, and future accumulated thought, speech, and action that's out in a mountain of karma, sunship karma, and we cannot incarnate with that burden, or else we really we wouldn't be able to bear it for more than a few days. We've we've all had those days, but but that those few days we couldn't carry it, and so the karmas. we a few
2: of those days, no doubt. <laughs> <Not a row>. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> no doubt big time big time <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: the kind that you're almost begging that this is the exit from the prison
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> got it
0: that brings got you it. to your knees you got it and so this this karma in the in the blueprint is those karmas that have become awakened for us to experience in their totality in this incarnation. And so, jyotish is the light illuminating those karmas, saying, how can we meet with those karmas with less resistance, more joy, and my favorite is the greater capacity to exercise our free will, Mm -hmm. because we're not bound, we're not fully bound by that chart. In our our pre-recording discussion, we talked about how we are bound 80% by the chart and we have a little 20% wiggle room. Yeah. Am I going to wear red or blue? Am I can to go right our, or left? Our
2: listeners are 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 leaning in for the 20%. Let me tell you. <laughs> so that's fascinating. That's fascinating. I mean, so look, Ro, what how how awesome when she mentioned the treasure map. Oof, because right? Because you know, that's kind of like what we you know, what we're shaping here and this whole, uh, you know, this is kind of the part that we're bringing in with this, with this Vedic astrology is that we're bringing in this whole uh, treasure map. And, you know, we need to open up to the clues and, you know, there's different levels of acceptance and different ways that one can get into a position where they can start to allow this to weave through them and allow this to, you know, these stories to start to accept what's coming through us. And you know, I think what you what you're bringing to the table today for our listeners and, and for this discussion is how uh, we can, we're gonna go through different questions, but this is kind of such a significant part of what we're our, our mission here is. You know, mm-hmm. this our mission in the sacred dynamics podcast is the, uh, you know, obviously the awa- self-realization, the awakening of the self, which is the restoration. Of humanity, and so how fitting this topic, huh, Ro?
1: Oh, absolutely! It's a it's a a beautiful topic, and to be honest, I'm this is this is uh, new topics for me. I mean, I I've been studying a little bit about the Vedic astrology, and I'm super excited because only by having a couple of conversations with you, um, I've learned so much. And actually, last time we spoke. Uh, we shared some of the dates on my on my experience, and uh, you gave me really good nuggets that actually I, I started using and applying. And uh, wow, it's amazing, because when it works, it flows. But one is not aware of these things until you start looking and start opening to this uh, information. You know? And uh, I think there's a great difference between how... The astrology is looked at in the uh, Western world, and all the you know the the other piece, which is uh, much more profound and and much more powerful, I would say. No.
2: You know what? Why don't we Why don't we do this? I think that we're right at the perfect pivot point to ask uh, Tulsi um, the difference between the contemporary western astrology and the vedic because i think that's a really important starting point for expanding on the vedic because as i said earlier it seems that the western astrology i just say it's not a word but i say it's horoscopy and (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a good
1: description my friend that's the only thing i knew about about astrology horoscopes you know
2: yeah and so, you know, let's we want to get a little deeper than that. So if you would uh, entertain us with this, entertain this uh, idea with us of the, uh, you know, the, the differences so that that will kind of really illuminate our listeners.
0: The first thing that comes to mind when I think of the difference is that Western and Vedic are both languages <laughs> like English and Spanish, for instance, you know, and my understanding with the Western chart is meeting people where they're at. I think it's been a beautiful, accessible tool for this modern psychological focus, like English, for instance, we there's, it's, you know, I think the number one spoken language, we can all get together and communicate some things. And what I'm beginning to understand through Western astrology, which I'm not an expert in, but we can all say, okay, my son signs this, have some instant connection, and maybe have a little bit of a play and a dance saying, oh, you're that. I just know I like you already. You know, we, yes. can, we can create connection. You just that.
2: summed up. You just uh, summed up Western astrology. Done. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: And so, Vedic astrology is through this lens, as I said, piercing through the all-knowing quality of consciousness that's completely holistic. And the main difference, I won't get into my article that I wrote, Western astrology is based on a calculation from 1000 AD, utilizing the Skagorian calendar, which is the basis of the sun... It was more modernized, I believe, even in the 70s. Whereas Vedic astrology predates 10,000 years, has been passed down by word of mouth, <laughs> and, and, and kind of moved into present day at this pulse that is calculated from the observational sixth position of the stars as they move across the ecliptic. Mm-hmm. So today, if I took a telescope, or even an app that says, okay, hey, where's Saturn? Saturn is in the sign, actually in the Greek sign of Aquarius. In Vedic astrology, we actually don't really work with what we call Rashi's or even the 12 zodiac signs. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. And so calculating for the precession of the equinoxes and the wobble of the earth, Vedic astrology is that observational fixed position that is moving beyond the psychological yes there's a big piece i appreciate that psychological aspect because it does make it personal whereas vedic astrology we're looking at the blueprint the transits the dasha period or the cycle and i'm well i'm excited about the the cycles that awaken our karma thalam that is pregnant at birth with our samskaras and we're seeing how and when they're playing out and that tapestry of that individual's life and how it's going to play out from a holistic viewpoint and so it's very very pregnant <laughs> with a story that's that's very rich
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah i'd say that you're talking about the you know what you're talking about the what i call the living story and this is an allegorical, uh, you know, eternal expression, and wow, and and, and I wanted to point out because you know you had mentioned the the samskaras, and you know these are mental tendencies, and these are the things that are you know we're talking about uh, in a you know in a certain level we're talking about how uh, you know there are these tendencies that are coming along with us, and as you had said earlier, and 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 this is really already getting really uh, meaningful because you know uh i really love how you pointed out and said you know that western astrology it's like you can kind of you can look at, at kind of a uh, take some of this what you can see as meets you right now personally and you're like yeah like you know uh, i'm a taurus and so then yeah you i get you now and mm-hmm. you know w- what do you mean by that exactly and then Uh, And then how how incredible that, you know, there's this uh, this idea that there is this cause and effect taking place. And this is in relationship to, uh, you know, different aspects of our everyday occurrence that typically people are not really awakened to. And so things are happening and they're like, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why this is going on. And so we see that that it's already starting to open up, I think, a little. And maybe, Ro, you want to chime in on this, but I think we're starting to open up a space that can be very valuable for our listeners, which is the idea that you could start to notice and see, but that through this charts, you start to see patterns and things that are coming through so that you're not constantly asleep to them. So you don't just keep going, but why is that happening? And then you kick it in again for another round <laughs> you're like you know i'm i'm trying not to if that happens i don't really want to cue it to happen again do i
1: <laughs> absolutely and that's why i love the name uh the blueprint or as you uh, as you said jay the um uh, the gps right mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yep you got it
1: and so uh tulsi one question i mean and and this might sound uh Basic, but uh, I think it's a, a question that helps us round the idea. But would you say that um, Western and Vedic are actually compatible, or those are not necessarily compatible?
0: I think that's a beautiful question. I'd say it's also very, very deep. I think I talked about it a little bit in our call in terms of just even astrology in general, where we need to be like mechanics. Using learning to use which tool can work on which part of the the vehicle, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I think they're absolutely compatible if the lens of the person's in the right place and we're knowing which tool to use where. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that I think they are. Yeah, because you know how can we resonate with someone reading an entirely different chart? that's 23 degrees behind another chart resonate in some way. They're going to offer completely different things, like, for instance, in Vedanta, (laughs) the end of the Vedas, they say for something to be true, it must be true from all six perspectives of the five previous Indian philosophies. And so if something's true, I think... um, I'm going to quote Terence McKenna again. He talks about consilience, right? And it's from above, below, to the sides. And so if something's true, then we must be able to see it through a different lens and still agree upon that. And so taking the nuggets from each thing.
1: Absolutely. Nice. Thank you for for sharing that. That's an amazing point. And it actually makes it very
2: much clearer. And and why don't we still on this topic? Because there's a couple of things that we're gonna get into. One of them is that we're gonna we're gonna dig around a bit on Roe and his chart. We're Ooh. gonna play around with that a bit. We're just wanna <laughs> we just wanna, you know, it it'll be fun. And also that I wanted to since we're here right now, this could we also maybe put some context because you had mentioned that uh, you know, that the that in the chart we're saying that let's say it's twenty-three degrees difference and so if we look at the you know in the traditional western someone looks at it and they see the clock with the 12 zodiac signs and they see that each of these signs if you divide the pi by 12 you have 30 degrees in each piece right so the the whole thing that you're referencing if we could just share a little more on our listeners because as you say you're they're not the charts aren't look we're not looking at the same thing like you look at for example. You had mentioned that in the, you know, in in the Vedic astrology, and the Vedic astrology is right now saying that Saturn is at certain amount of degrees, and then you look at a Western chart, and it's not in the same position. And not just that, if you look at a Western chart and you look up in the sky, it's not in the same position as the Western <laughs> chart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely, right? Those are, what?
2: Absolutely, <laughs> that's one of the things that.
1: Uh, when one starts paying attention, you start looking around and you start kind of like trying to connect the dots, but it's not that easy. It seems like it's as you say, it's a different lens. So yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating how many people. Well, I'll step back because in in Western we're we're often relating with my my sun, my sun sign, your sun sign. And then I'll say, oh, surprise, you're not Sagittarius, your son is Scorpio. (laughs) We all have those signs that kind of get a bad rap. And I think Scorpio might be one of them, which is actually very misunderstood. Even the bad rap, I, I would, you know, usually I can point out something else in the chart that has, you know, nothing to do with Scorpio. And so the sun sign is our Atma is our soul, that which we move into this world with, that which can't be burned by fire, wet by water, that which is actually not really participating in this, right? It's our great timekeeper, right? It moves one degree a day. It doesn't go retrograde. It doesn't wax and wane. It's, it's consistent, right? And so in Vedic astrology, we're looking at, at the, the rising sign the life path we're looking at the the outcome of the life from the birth chart and as well as the moon and i'll i'll go into that but if we're looking at all of these if you say that you're scorpio rising and you're scorpio from zero to 23 degrees it's gonna go back into the sign before if you're scorpio 23 degrees above you'll you'll remain scorpio so our rising sign our moon sign our sun sign all the planets are grahas the caesars of our karma are going to move back a whole (laughs) 23 degrees and in vedic astrology we're not only working with the lagna the moon the sun but this this wholeness through the lens of the constellations, which is 27 within the 12 zodiac.
2: Hmm. Wow, nice.
1: And this this, uh, makes me think of uh, some comment that you mentioned at the the beginning. Tulsi, you said that um, 80% of our existence, of our experience, it's, uh, as I understood it, it's already defined. And then 20%, it's, basically our choices or the choices that we take in this experience. Is that correct?
0: This is my understanding. (laughs) This is only through experience. This is what I know through experience. This is what I've seen. Because when I see people who consistently attune with their own divinity that transcend this world, the chart looks completely different. The way they move, the information coming to me is is completely different. And by some grace, I've been able to transcend. So I have this awareness. I can see that. And I see when people gain more awareness, gain more information, even through jyotish and through personal experience, that they start exercising more free will. And what they're doing is they start playing out the higher octave of that planet.
2: Wow. That was, I love it. That's, that's really awesome because, you know, I think in some senses people could look at, uh, in a general way, they could look and and go, okay, so either astrology means I'm stuck in fate. So then why would I even get car insurance or even put my seatbelt on?
1: <laughs> or That's a good question.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's like, I ain't got no time for that. I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be, you know. I, I I wanted to. There's there's a kind of a this. We're in this interesting climate right now. Let's put it this way: where the uh, new agey, I'm going to say, uh, conscious creator type concept, where someone's like, "The sky's the limit. I'm going to do, you know, whatever I want. I can whatever you concentrate on, you're going to create." and I think that that's a limited perspective of natural law and of how the workings are taking place. But what's really actually, what becomes very, I think, supportive is when you can start to accept that, you know, you start by accepting that, for the mind anyway, cause and effect is a... Uh, it, it's a deal there. And so there's things that had been set into motion and it's going to carry out its motion. And so I like, to, I like to express that, look, if it were that something's going to play out for you, then you could also look at destiny as how you, uh, how you show up to it. And isn't that a totally different way? And so when you say someone's playing out the higher level or higher octave of their planets, it sure seems like that's how now we could be in a totally different position. Is that what you kind of also mean when you say that people's charts are shifting and, and changing with their development?
0: 100%. You're, you're right on point with that because... All of these constellations are playing out through this lens of mythology. And I love that it's mythology. It's not you're going to get in an accident, you're going to get married. It paints a picture because we have the transits and the planet and the constellation. And to make it really concrete, I remember... My uncle being told by an astrologer, "Oh, be very careful in the fall. I see you surrounded by uh, officials. This this is going to be this is going to be a very bad time. I, you know, don't speed, don't break the rules. September. Well, what was my uncle doing in September? He was doing a leadership training for the CIA." in a room surrounded <laughs> by officials. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting, right? We can get limited by our own prison, by the, the reader's prison. Mm-hmm. And I loved what you said, Jay, about meeting you know, life, meeting the moment. Because if we're constantly trying to dodge and shift and change versus what can I do with what I have right here? talk about being present that gets you out that releases you from bondage my mom would always say you do need to receive the letter but it's up to you whether you open the letter Mm -hmm. and i just i saw rose hand going like this with with a cycle right because every time we open the letter we go right back on that cycle and so it's right i mean it's we we receive the letter. It's tempting, especially when it's a large package. <laughs> well, what's inside of that? Ooh, <laughs> what am I receiving here?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I think there's listeners that can uh, uh, attest to that, for sure. myself personally, myself personally, I'm like, nah, I didn't have anything coming in the mail. I'm worried about that deal. <laughs> who are you again? <laughs> you got the wrong guy. Can so, I change
0: my address? <laughs>
2: yeah. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we turn since, since this is very cool. Let, why don't we talk about this, uh, this, I think what we're, what we're, uh, shaping right now, this is something that I would call kind of the decoding of, and this is like, you know, you had mentioned on our call, uh, Tulsi, you had mentioned about the decoding of karmic debt and the and so i think we're right in the mix right now on that and so how ro how do you think we could what how do we bring some more of this out to a uh you know to a practical level for our audience what is the next step in where we go with our conversation other than talking about rose chart (laughs) That's a good question. That's a very good question. I'm, I'm ready. Whenever you
1: want to start talking about my chart, I'll be more than happy to share with our audience so that you, can, you guys can relate to some uh, real experience or real kind of like uh, relation you know, with all of this, for sure.
2: Okay, so before we do that, we're going we're to jump right on that in a moment. And before we do, then I think that the best way that we could set this up would be A, if I am to the layperson or to someone who's interested but is typically looked at the Western or even to someone who hasn't really followed along with that stuff, in the Vedic astrology, when you look at a chart, because we're about to enter into the waters of the row chart, um, what would you say are the absolute basics that you are looking at when you go to the chart? Because as you said, in the Western astrology, we, we see that it's like... Uh, you know, basically, what's your son's sign? Okay, now I get it. And uh, in a general sense. Um, and now, so what are you looking for? What are the, you know, what are the significators on the front end that are super basic that we know that you're looking at from row, and then extrapolate
0: it from there? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing about this practice is it's absolutely scientific. You can't make it up <laughs> so when you I can't look make at, this stuff up. You can't make it up. When I look at a chart, I start uncoding and untangling and being drawn to wherever the mind wants to go because there's so much. I could sit for hours with a chart. And so I say, okay, I do, I actually open with a, a prayer every time, whether I'm sitting alone with others. What needs to be seen and conveyed in such a way it's uplifting and supportive for all people. And the moment of our birth, right, in the eastern horizon is the lagna or the rising sign. Like the sun beckons the day, our lagna is our life path. Our planets from there is the outcome of this life, the outcome of those karmas. So I I glimpse into this. I, I, I pierce this veil. And then I'm going to have to share a little more words on the most important planet, which is the moon, Chandra. We all come into this world through the womb, through the yoni of the the feminine. And Chandra, even though Chandra or the moon is considered masculine, it is pregnant with all of our sanskaras. And Chandra is awakened at birth. And the moment we begin our birth, Chandra's pregnancy of all those karmas are birthed through the constellation in which the moon lands within the specific Rashi or Zodiac sign. And those karmas are initiated and that early life karma is in play. So so you're saying...
2: so just to just to just for a sec, sorry to interrupt. And uh, just what you're saying is that this is like where the transference of what is care, going to carry out through the vessel that you are being birthed into. This is like the plug in here. So this is where it plugs in, and that's where now all of a sudden it it's it's coordinated to play out through this now quote unquote localized. Uh, no um, instrument, right?
0: Beautiful. And it's so fascinating because many people are in fear of these cruel or crura grahas like Saturn. However, the moon, we have no control over our birth. We come into this world, we're either nourished or we're not. We're bound by that vessel, the karma that starts playing out. If the mother wants to nurture us, we're nurtured. We don't get to choose our parents or or whether that home life is supporting us or not. And these constellations are playing out. They're birthing the story of the moon that is, either delivering us into deeper bondage or freeing us, depending on the knowledge that is moving through. And we're bound by aversion and attraction. We are birthed right into that story of the pairs of opposites, of that veil of the dream that slides over our eyes, and we wake up into Brahma's dream that gets perpetuated by these pairs of opposites.
2: Yeah, cue the duality button right there. That's that's the deal. That makes that is uh, so important and so profound to to touch on because you know this is like this is where we see the inception point of the local self. This is where the whole uh, person shows up, the associative character, as as I like to call it. And so this is where all of a sudden you wake up in the dream quote unquote. And now that's what we're talking about. And so how profound that the whole relationship here in reading through the Vedic astrology is, is connecting to this storyline that is playing out through this local expression. And now this is another way of tapping into this, what I love to call the living story. And Wow, really uh, profound stuff.
1: And just by listening to to what you're sharing, uh, Tulsi, I I was recently uh, reading a, a book of the Toltecs, and uh, they were also very aligned with very you know with the cosmos and things. And one of the things that they say, and I was reading this to my kids, they say that we all come from the stars. Would you agree on this?
0: Absolutely, yes. And I love the Toltec wisdom. I want to learn more about that.
1: It's beautiful. Yes.
0: Well, and saying that we all come through the stars, it's so beautiful because there's 27 constellations, two and a half per zodiac sign. So within the 30 degrees, it's 13 degrees, 20 minutes per constellation. And these stars are the wives of the moon. And so the moon grows, it's it's pregnant with that karma, and the wives birth that karma into reality through their story. And there's actually a story that these 27 wives are the daughters of Prajapati. So we think of progeny, or the creator. And so the purpose of the moon in ancient society, or the husband was actually to continue the lineage speaking of your children to 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 help birth new children and so there's a story that the moon just loved rohini rohini is at the center of taurus represented by a young gorgeous voluptuous woman who is the embodiment of all of the art forms singing dancing wisdom and the moon was supposed to move through all of the wives evenly and copulate and play and produce children with all of them, but the moon was just drawn to Rohini. That was Rohini's favorite. And so, Jeishta, the elder star, just opposite of the moon, which actually we're going to exist in your chart, Ro, <laughs> Ooh. within the uh, the heart of Scorpio, the uh, the opposite of Rohini. She went to her father to Daksha Prajapati and and complained because the husband's not doing his duty. And so the moon was actually cursed to now wax and wane and move equally through all of these constellations day by day, spend one night with each of his wives. And we could liken the grahas or the planets to be similar to this moon story, to be pregnant with seizing us and gripping us they're called the great caesars they're gripping our karma and playing it out through that birth of the constellation and so what i have found in my studies that the lagna the moon but then the dasha so the dasha is a cycle within the vedic astrology the cycle is always 120 years It's always in the same order of the planets. They each have a certain number of years. You happen to be row in Venus, which is about 20 years. But depending on your moon at birth, I won't make it too complicated, a certain planet becomes awakened. And we call this the dasha pati, or the lord or husband of this cycle. And that becomes the most important thing to see how and when this karma is unraveling. And at birth, everyone has their moon awakened. So the original, like Jay was saying, that original piercing into duality, the cell mitosis, the singular splits and becomes two, and we awaken to that dream that keeps us bound.
1: Wow. I want to learn more about my chart. Definitely. You're about to. You're about to. (laughs) And just, I want to make a comment just before we go into the chart, because, I mean, you mentioned that um, this is like you can't, it's very uh, scientific, as you said. No, you can't come up with stories or things. It's like, let me say it, mathematical. No, and that I like a lot because it's very similar to what we have talked about in this podcast regarding the GHK. No, and just uh, just commenting on the GHK, because that's also very mathematical. And it's also something that you cannot come up with ideas or new things. It's it's what it is. And you need to understand it as it is. No, But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because we were into those topics uh, a while back. Good reference. Well,
0: it, it's time tested. It's been proven. And then the other lens, it can appear so esoteric but then how can it be so relatable, right? How can it play out right before our eyes over and over again?
2: Right. Absolutely. That's, you know what? How, uh, how important that we can see how this relates to the pinnacle, the great work, the realization process. How significant is it that we are uh, looking at this GPS? We're looking at how leaning into this and starting to uh, flow with this how this is a living story how there is a framework as Rose h- had mentioned how we talk about natural law and how we talk about how there's this framework but there's another part which is because we're about to go into Rose but I, I just want to point out one little point that takes it away from it being rigidly looked upon and that is that as it would be as well in the in the uh, German New medicine in, in the Germanische, it's it's like this. If you look at phenomena as impersonal and that you are personifying or interacting with it, this is how you start to see that you are placing certain colors and certain uh, uh, um, positionalities to this, uh, and and playing out, as we said at the beginning, you could walk into the same room and have a totally different experience with that same karma. Look at the karma being, pro- providing this structure. And yet, you can walk into a totally different date. <laughs> <laughs> and so now let's look at, because this is how it gets more practical in one's life. So now let's look at uh, a little bit on Rose, huh? All right.
0: And I just have to speak to you about nimitta in Vedic astrology, which is the complete opposite of scientific approach. It's, it's even different than intuition, but through a channel of intuition and it's, everything is speaking to us at all times at all times, right? We, I started talking about Rose chart and I saw um, a, a sun ray actually move across my, my shirt, right? And if if I'm in someone else's chart, it's never for me, it's for them. So it's, I've I've been driving to a reading and contemplating a friend I'd known her for so long I didn't know if she was married, bisexual, you know, if she, you know, liked men and you know what what was her story? I had no idea and for some reason I'm thinking about it and I see two hawks in the sky in a specific direction and I just sat down, I just couldn't help myself. I said is is there two men in your life? And she just almost fell off her chair and said, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. (laughs) When in her blueprint, that didn't even exist.
2: Wow.
1: Profound. Yes. It's magic.
0: It's, it's, It's magic. And so it's, and there, that's where the intuition, but it's all speaking to us. That's why divination and tarot cards work. If we can actually get out of our own way, but be informed through wisdom and that middle path is experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Boom. You just, there's the Tao. There it is. <laughs> how, how awesome. Let's do this. Absolutely. How beautiful. This is it. This is, the, this is what we've been, uh, uh, you know, kind of shaping towards in each one of our podcasts, each one of these episodes, we're shaping towards the relation to. Uh, you know, to realizing our true nature and, uh, you know, how, how fitting that this is, uh, you know, coming to this level. Um, What, what is, uh, how do we start with Ro? Where do we start with Ro?
0: In my mind, I'm, you know, I have one of those memories sometimes, you know, I looked at your chart when we talked then right before. So I'm thinking, do I have all the pieces of your chart in my mind? And I do. So, so awakening to this cosmic blueprint of Roe, right? Initiated when you took your first breath, that's weaving those karmas that want to be played out in their totality in this lifetime. And so, in Vedic astrology, since we are all familiar with the twelve zodiac, that that life path, that becoming. For you is in Leo, your rising sign, your Lagna, you're moving towards Leo. And within Leo, actually within the heart of the lion in the constellation of Leo, lies Magha, the constellation. And Magha represents the throne. And it actually represents the responsibility of claiming the throne or the responsibility that comes with sitting on the throne. And the constellation Purva Falguni that comes before represents the fruit of those karmas which are reaped in the throne of Magha which is ruled by our or our ancestors. So Having Shukra or Venus there in that first house, which actually happens to be your Dasha Patti, the Lord of the karmas that are playing out right now, (laughs) is Venus in Magha, which is awakening the legacy that you have received in thought speech and action as well as the responsibility responsibility of the legacy that you are leaving behind and so it's awakening this pulse of tradition of something that is steeped in those that came before you whether your actual ancestors or a lineage tradition and you're making it your own and it's so beautiful you're making it your own and you're making it accessible right? We, you're the one who keeps bringing it back. How do we make this practical? I'm just learning. How can, I, how can this be useful? Because we can talk about the stars all day, but how can we make it personal and actually useful? Is it helping you untangle or is it putting you back into bondage?
1: Mm.
2: Let's pause there for one moment because that is pretty profound. I can see Roe, and I can see that he's feeling this profound nature here. I mean, I was gonna joke around and say, nope, that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with Roe. Let's get a horoscope. But <laughs> No. <laughs> wow, I
1: need to take so deep, far, how deep are we, breaths. Bro? Wow. <laughs> and you know, I, it it makes it's interesting. It's super interesting because things are uh shifting and and in in, in my experience uh things have uh in a way uh shown me that flow. Uh I'm not sure if that's the correct way to say it, but it, it definitely, in my insights, this uh, knowledge that you shared, it, it it's like ringing the bell,
2: 100%. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Let's carry on. What else? <laughs>
0: so this is the, the karma, the karma that is awakened in this moment that's that's on the train, that's unraveling, that's playing out in the here and the now. And oh gosh, so, I'm like, I could just talk for an hour. So I want to be mindful of the most important points, but I just, I can't help it because Venus went retrograde in Magha, in your first house where you have Venus and you're in this Venus cycle. And as I was looking at this beautiful tapestry, I love looking at a chart and then weaving and weaving and, and it becomes this bigger holistic picture to like, what are these big points? And there's, of course, the analysis and the synthesis. And I for you, your moon, I'm going to have to weave in the moon, that which is pregnant with those karmas that's awake at your birth is in one of the most beautiful, profound, deep constellations, speaking of deep waters. I think you said that in the beginning, Jay. In Scorpio, in one of my favorite constellations called Anuradha. And Anuradha has the power of worship. And so for you, your mind is so deep. It yearns for this depth of connection to transcend your emotional nature as you excavate the unconscious to reveal that which you are devoted to which gains strength in commitment to partnership into relationship and actually your saturn also has to do with with commitment and and even sacrifice towards service to the other and so Venus there, retrograde, your dashapati, the lord of the chart, fully awakened in this moment, triggered by a transit, is really, it's almost like this perfect storm. And so I'm so curious, you have this beautiful mirroring and investigation of how you relate to the other. Your relationship to your emotional depth that's binding you to your creativity, to your relationships, to the other that's, that's being peeled away, that's unraveling, that's shedding. And what's awakening is that right relationship for you with, with the other, which mm-hmm. is steeped in tradition and legacy.
1: Wow, this makes me think that, you know, um, the, the whole, the whole, I mean, this is magic. And uh, this makes me think about how uh, sacred dynamics came together, you know, because I think uh, there's no coincidences and uh, there's always something that's moving. As you said, 80 percent, it's defined, you know, and uh, and so I think that it has to do definitely. I mean, I connect a lot with with what you're saying. And actually, I, I, I think that um, the whole purpose of Sacred Dynamics is to work for, uh, for other selves, you know, to, to be a, a, a helpful hand in the transition of this experience, in this human experience. But how can we make it better for others? That's something that deeply moves me, deeply, you know. So, yeah, I agree with that. Wow, thanks for sharing. This is amazing. And uh, <laughs> this actually makes me think of a question. And uh, is, I mean, with with all of this, can can astrology help predict, or that's something that is entangling with the ego mind, and thus it's not necessarily what one must think about.
0: Mm. Wow, it, that question is so deep and meaningful to me, Ro, because. You're you're not exercising just 20% of your free will. Let's start there. <laughs> we we sure we're bound by 80%, but the moment we start loosening and shining light, right? The moment we excavate into that shadow, Anurata is that 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 lotus flower that starts in the mud, that's yearning for the surface, and that's being pulled by the light of the sun. As we excavate into the the unconscious, we we rise above that surface. And so the free will is something that wants to be encouraged. My goal is to encourage you to exercise your free will, not have a crutch, not have to constantly come back to me and say, you know, what what do I do next? What's going to happen around that turn? And so it's such a fine point. Sometimes karma is just unavoidable. And if I told you you're going to do this with this person on this date, does that instantly change that? And so sharing that which is needed <laughs> to be shared to get you where you're going in that most effortless way is definitely an art form. And so sometimes I see things that I have to be very Wise and the way in which I convey them. I don't ever want to withhold. But if you give too much information, it can take away from an experience. And I definitely, I'm not here to interfere with someone's free will. Mm. And And at the same time, there's a responsibility. And sometimes I can't, sometimes I'll look at a chart and I can't see anything. I'm not even looking at your chart, Ro. I didn't plan absolutely anything I just said. You brought that out of me. Your wow. listening brought that out of me. I just said, "Okay, Venus, mugha." I'm like, "All right, blueprint," and then I let it go. You know, so
1: wow. I think this is. Uh, is <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a beautiful exercise and example, uh, and this was intended for, of course, our listeners, so that you know one can relate on. How to understand this Vedic astrology and how to kind of understand oneself, you know, because this is what we are aiming for in in this uh, in this podcast. Um, Thanks for sharing. I mean, I think we have to keep on going with many conversations, Um, but time is running out and we must signal the golden nuggets, my friend Jay. What do you think?
2: Wow, we're already at the golden nuggets. We're loaded in them. We got a treasure box full of them. Boy, we would love to continue because there's so much here. Um, there's, you know, I think we, it's so amazing how we almost summed up in this last few moments how we really culminated the value of, you know, the, uh, the, <clears throat> the, let's say the structure of, the the hidden natural structure and the laws, and how one doesn't necessarily need to start to deeply study this Vedic astrology, but that one can already start to feel and sense sensibilities behind it, and how I think that some of the nuggets here are one that there's going to be some listeners that are interested to connect and uh, uh, you know and connect with uh, Tulsi and to connect further to understand more about their experience and i think that what we just really pulled out of there for nuggets is one that you know karma is a something that comes in at birth and this is what you know these mental tendencies how you show up to it is really the descriptive of what would be considered your free will because you can you you can take any situation in, in different ways based on acceptance based on positionality based on, um, you know, uh, a level of what I like to say of your altitude. And so, you know, I think that's really key. It's also really uh, unique that we have such a, uh, an incredible guest that is very intuitive. And I think we got to see here firsthand some of this intuition come in and I think that probably listeners are also wondering uh because I know Ro you're gonna you're gonna want to uh, meditate and introspect on what was offered here because we're putting you on the spot to go hey Ro what does that mean to you but right now you're definitely moved by that and there's no question that would you say that, uh that that was very significant what was said about your chart for for people who you know listeners who may not know whether that would matter to you or not
1: oh absolutely and i think that um yeah i'm i'm really grateful that this is being recorded because i'm gonna have to listen it several times <laughs> and julia you uh you can expect uh my call soon
2: <laughs> to keep the conversation going no doubt, yeah. And and also, I, I wanted to point out that you know another point along the way here was when when um you know we're calling her Rose, calling uh, her Julia. I'm calling her Tulsi. Her name is Julia Tulsi, so don't worry. We're both we're both positionality, but correct. Um, it, you know that uh, that you had mentioned Tulsi about uh, the Western astrology, kind of meeting someone, kind of presently, right now, in a certain sense. And how people could see that what we're bringing in with the Vedic astrology is that we're bringing in a how to coordinate with a living story and how to uh, work with the different aspects of this living story. And I think that's really a profound thing to point out that this is, you know, locating within the living story. Um, I also wanted to uh, touch on the Uh, point that was made earlier which was related to how you had mentioned about the uh, you had used the terminology the impregnating as it goes through the moon is going through and basically it's doling the karmas and you know the moon is this reflector and it is this subtle reflector and so how interesting that in the in the Western, people are kind of typically looking at the sun, but now we're looking at how the moon is playing out through these different, you know, through through the uh, you know through the constellations, how it's going and it's it's sending this, you know, it's it's expressing this, as we say, these karmas and how the stars are, as you say, they're sharing and expressing and illuminating this. Right? How Absolutely. cool how how profound is that no absolutely
1: and um you know we've come to to the the very end of this uh conversation but i just wanted to say because in our you know in in, in episode six we had the opportunity to collaborate with ian morris and uh with uh, the listening to smile um, program and uh you guys collaborate uh, so Tulsi, could you There's give us in Yeah, mm-hmm. could you give us like a hint on what you do with listening to Smile just for our audience to know uh not only everything that you shared but also what you're collaborating with Ian.
0: Mm. I'm just getting chills because what Ian does is profound and unique and it's moving people in the here and now to align with the living story. And so uh I actually, I met Ian through Jay and we just instant uh, sister brotherhood. You know, we talked, I think for hours, actually, I think the first time we talked, it was maybe like three hours. And he asked me, he said, you know, I've been using Western astrology. I want to go a little deeper. Will you inform my creative process? Every month, Ian makes an album and is listening to Smile And he says, okay, give me the planetary energies. And so every month I write out what the planets are doing, what the underlying feeling and lessons and textures and mythology is. And then Ian's a magician. He's an alchemist. And he weaves that into his music. And he gets the pulse. He's such an expert. He gets the pulse And he transforms those energies as a grand alchemist into melodies that help attune people to the planetary energies that are happening. And he makes a new album every month. It's, I am just in awe of this man.
2: That's amazing. It's such a beautiful project. Congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> Congratulations. And you and you do that and you do a, a reading for the music each month. And so each month an album comes out and that album is influenced, communicated and alchemized through this incredible art and through Ian's uh, alchemical musical uh, processing. Amazing.
1: Amazing. Wow. So, you know, we touched on very good points. Uh, Jay, thanks for signaling the nuggets of, of this episode. Julia, thanks for sharing everything that you shared with our audience and with, with ourselves. We really appreciate it, and we will definitely be in contact not only for more information on this, but also in, uh, in working together no? Um And I just want to say, uh, you know, dear listeners, as you know, our mission and purpose in Sacred Dynamics is to support the restoration of humanity through the personal healing and awakening process. The true commitment starts with oneself and then radiates outwards to all beautiful souls.
2: Mm-hmm. Beautiful, you know what? I, I want to point out two things as we as we sign off. One, um, also super grateful to have you here, and I think that we'll be looking forward to maybe a future. Uh, episode and some other potential collaboration and as i mentioned collaboration um i just wanted to point out that the uh you know when this airs the sacred dynamics um sacred mastery school has launched and our first edition of the sacred mastery school uh is now launched and so we're going to keep updating on the progress as we continue um and so if you're interested in you know more info or applying uh you know we're going to share a link in show notes um, as well, we're developing other course offerings and really cool things. Um, you know the the sacred mastery school is an infusion um of this sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody this flowing heart space. So, you know, to reveal the, uh, you know, your one's true expression, true identity and all aspects of one's life are blessed by this process. And so, you know, if you're interested in feeling moved by getting engaged in the great work and you wanna start right away, we invite you to review some options with us at Sacred Dynamics. Um, you know, there is the one-on-one work directly with myself, either video conference or there are some spaces, uh, sometimes spaces available in the Baja if someone's down here. Um, of course, the Sacred Mastery School, um, which was just mentioned, um, you know, and this is, this is now turning, the wheels are turning, and there's a sneak peek we're going to have. Uh, some live events and some more meaningful things coming up. And so this is exciting. And also we want to mention that people may want to get in contact with Julia Bagnolia. And and so you may want to mention those and we're going to add that in show notes as well so that people can connect through your website and uh, through your Instagram. Um, Just wanted to point those out.
1: Yeah. So, Julia, could you uh, give us uh, give our audience uh, some guidance on how to get in touch with you and how to work with you?
0: Absolutely. So, I I do offer one on one consultations. If anyone wants to go deep and talk about you and have that deep dive of how
1: I want to do that.
0: Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm ready when you are. <laughs> Yeah, and begin to yeah navigate that personal story of yours, and I'll we'll put it in the notes. But I would love to offer twenty percent off to all of your listeners. I'll do a code. It will be Sacred Dynamics twenty three, and I'll give it a couple weeks after this airs. I'll give a, a thing just just to really you know we we kind of opened up a door so to make it accessible for people. And I am beginning to uh, work on some curriculums behind the scenes. Uh, We'll see what what this looks like, but I I think I'm going to be offering some classes. If you want to learn about Vedic Astrology by the time this comes out, those might be starting to be rolled out. And you can reach out to me through my website, ChayaCollective.com, or on Instagram, Chaya.Collective. I do do uh, bi-monthly Pulse of the Star blog post, updating and giving a little, little path of uh, the astrological forecast. And it would be an honor to uh, support you on your journey.
1: Beautiful. Thank you very much, Julia. And uh, well, dear sacred souls, thank you very, very much for connecting. If you enjoy what you are hearing, we encourage you to share our work with your family and friends. And of course... You can connect with us through Instagram at sacreddynamics with 1D or visit our website sacreddynamics.com also with 1D or you can also connect with us through our Telegram channel at sacreddynamics with 1D. You'll find all the links in the show notes and we'll share more information about you, Julia. Thank you so much again.
2: Yes, and potential future collaboration, maybe Sacred Mastery School. Let's see. Thank you for listening to the sacred dynamics podcast until next time stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence namaste namaste